Welcome back to You Made It, the podcast all about making, creating, and entertaining. When you're building a business or doing anything that is not the typical path in life, you need people who are going to uplift you, not bring you down. I'm your host, Christy Campbell, founder of Pink Pony Creative, a brand and graphic design studio in Auckland, New Zealand. All right, guys. Hello and welcome back to You Made It. Today, we have a special uh, guest on the podcast, Kenzie Green. She's a branding specialist, businesswoman. You've got a podcast. You've got a platform for designers to learn and grow. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into all of this? So, hi, my name is Kinsey. I am the brand and web designer behind Kinsey Green Design, and I'm also a co-founder behind The Brief Collective, and I also have a podcast, which Christy has been on twice now, the Unapologetic Designer Podcast. So, a lot of different things going on, but I started my journey back in 2016 when I graduated high school, and I knew I wanted to go into graphic design, so I ended up going to a private design school, and started freelancing and then I got really inspired and I was like you know what I think I can really do this thing I want to run a business I don't want to work for anybody else started building my business in college and I would just go to class come to the dorm work on my business do homework and that was my life for like multiple years until I graduated I graduated fully self-employed and now I'm here Wow, that's amazing. I actually had no idea that you went straight from university to owning your business. So you've never worked for anyone else in between as a designer? Nope. Literally the only other jobs I've had were like part-time jobs in high school. Oh, wow. That's amazing. How, how have you found that like transition from university to owning your own business in the way that like, do you find that you, you struggled to get clients at first because you kind of weren't in the industry working? Oh, yeah. I mean... My first year, and I'm very transparent about like money and really anything, and I'm sure you probably know that, but my first year full-time, I only made about $20,000, and that was really scary because that first year when I graduated and I went fully self-employed, I had signed a year lease on a house, so I was like paying rent, and like it was nerve-wracking, and I was like barely scraping by, but I luckily had some savings from when I had been freelancing in college to kind of fall back on, and then you know every year it got better and better and better. But yeah, I mean, I remember in fall, so I graduated in the summer of 2019 and then in fall around September, I actually had zero clients that month, like none at all. And I just like kept pushing myself and like, you know, making blog posts, making social media content, updating my, doing all of the things I could think of, because even though I was like kind of getting discouraged, I was like, I've just got to keep going. And I think that that's something that a lot of people really need to remind themselves of when they're starting out on their journey like it's going to be hard and you might get discouraged but even when you're feeling down like you have to keep pushing through it definitely that's actually really inspirational that you did that and had that like moment where you probably could have given up and be like nah this is too hard how did you actually end up getting those next clients was it through social media when you kind of had the boom and it started all happening for you yeah so I had a first client from Facebook and then maybe a few others from Facebook groups and then a few from Upwork. And from there, I think, you know, during that time we didn't have TikTok. So like I wasn't on that platform. My Instagram was not really growing and I really relied on Facebook heavily. I did do a few networking events, but I just found that wasn't really my vibe. And then of course a few referrals, but 
I would say definitely back in the day, Facebook groups is what really got me going. And then over time, it started becoming Instagram. And then now, of course, TikTok is like my number one lead generator. Oh, wow. That's really interesting, isn't it? I I can relate in terms of the um, Facebook group side of things. It really like allows you just to connect with new people, especially when you're starting out and you don't have any platform at all, no clients. And I find that so inspiring. Did you always want to be a designer growing up? Was it something that you were always aspiring to do? So I was always like creative and artsy. I mean, I feel like a lot of us are like we have that like we like to paint or like, you know, just do crafty things. But I also like to play video games. And I was like, what can I do that's going to be like tech and art at the same time? And that's when I came across graphic design. And I think I really discovered it around like maybe the seventh or eighth grade. And I got like a refurbished iMac for my first like legit design computer. And I started just kind of like drawing and like paint and stuff. And that's really where it started. And after that, I was like, this is what I want to do. And like, I never changed my mind. Oh, wow. That's so fascinating. And then at uni, did you also study graphic design in particular? The term is interactive media design, but pretty much yes. Like that's what it is. I did get trained on how to use like a professional camera, professional photography, film, animation. I mean, I learned a lot of different skill sets, which really played a role in me being able to build that business during that time. Yeah, for sure. I could imagine. Did you do any brand identity work at university? Because that's something that I do find that's really common is no one really does or gets taught brand identity at university. They're all kind of doing everything else around it. And then we all kind of learn it on the whim. Yeah, exactly. Um, We had like maybe one project or two. And the one project where it was like a big focus was branding ourselves And they told us that we needed to appeal to like masculine and feminine people. And so I came out with like this ugly black and green logo, which is nothing like what I am today. (laughs) And so like it, it definitely wasn't a good experience. And I don't think that they really did a deep dive into branding or even knew how to really teach about it. And then I guess like when you're transitioning from like going to university, going into small business, um, what was your lowest point of your career so far? Was it when you almost felt like you weren't going to continue, didn't have enough clients to keep going? Actually, no. I think it was probably more so when I was first starting and had people say negative things to me. I mean, I remember this one lady being like, you look like you're 14 years old. And granted, at the time, I was like 19 or 20. But like, she went to my profile and she's like, you look like you're a 14 year old child and you need to be showing work like this, this, and this. And I'm like, I literally have work like that in my portfolio, but okay. So like, I think getting past those negative comments was probably the hardest part for me because up until that point, I had never really done social media or put myself out there in that way. So that was like a whole new challenge in itself that I had to kind of overcome And after I got through that, I mean, of course, I had a few difficult clients and things, but I'd say that that was really one of the toughest, lowest points in my career as a designer. Yeah, for sure. And how did you actually manage to push past those comments and get through it? Are you very much someone who just like can ignore it and just say, no, I'm not going to listen to you? Uh, Back then, no. (laughs) Now, yeah, a lot of times. Sometimes I'll respond to people, though, on social media 
But back then I took it really, really to heart because I wasn't used to it. And I think like I actually screenshotted what that person said to me and like posted it. And I was like, I can't believe, you know, there's people out here like this, blah, blah, blah. And like, I just vented to a lot of people. And I think that when you're dealing with stuff like that, just having others to talk to really, really helps. And that's something that helped me get through that. Yeah, I really like that tip, just being able to like vent almost and like let it all out. And the social media side of things as well, like you're saying, there's a lot of kind of negativity that can come through. Do you get most of it from TikTok? Because I know that TikTok can be quite a fireball of negative energy, but then it can bring so many clients as well. Yes, I feel like on TikTok, people are a bit more negative because it's a different audience. I think that people who hang out on TikTok are maybe a little bit more outspoken or maybe there's a lot more of the younger generation. There's also a lot more what I like to call... I guess, fake accounts or blank accounts, basically people who make accounts just to say mean things. There's a lot more of that on TikTok than Instagram. Yeah. How do you feel about those accounts as graphic designers? I'm sure this happens in a lot of other industries too. They reshare, you know, your work, other people's works. And I guess they make this inspirational page. But sometimes I think half of the point that they're doing it is because they just want to grow themselves and then like, switch over and then say, oh, hey, actually here I am, you know, hire me for your design work. How do you feel about those accounts? I block them. I think they should actually be illegal. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of have to agree. (laughs) Because they are using someone else's likeness and reputation and work to garter clients. And I, that's so funny you brought that up because I did a TikTok about that not too long ago. I caught another one of them like resharing my video And my so-called credit is at the very bottom of the caption that nobody reads. And their bio is brand and web design agency. Click the link to book your project. So it's like assumed when people are going to the page, they're thinking, oh, well, that's their work. And that's what they can do. Let me reach out to them and work with them. And it's like, no, they're posting other people's work, but that's not noticeable. And they try to get away with it by adding a little teeny credit at the bottom. 100% and it is so frustrating and I feel like you don't really understand how frustrating it is when someone steals your work until it happens to you and you actually it like it feels like a little knife in your chest it's it's heartbreaking (laughs) and you're like why would you do that like all of my years of hard work and then it goes out the drain pretty much which is just wild and then speaking about the lowest point of your career before what would you say has been the highest point or something that you're really really proud of that's been um, part of your journey Honestly, I don't know if this counts. I'm sure it technically still does, but probably having my design students at the Brief Collective book $8,000, $10,000 clients because they went through our course and like grew as a person and being able to watch that. Like I saw that happen in myself and like that change happened in myself, but to be able to share that transformation with you know, another individual, another designer who wants to pursue design full time is just the most amazing feeling ever. And I feel like I've been recently on like very much so a high from just being able to help other designers in that way. Oh, amazing. So tell me a bit more about your course, because I know like a little bit about it, but I'd love to know what you do, what you give. Yeah, I feel like it's so elaborate, but it's so cool. So like I have sometimes a little bit of trouble explaining it. Like if you see it visually, you're like, oh, this is so cool. But if you explain it, it's a little harder. So (laughs) at the Brief Collective, we are a design community. So we host, you know, design challenges and things. 
that's like our free aspect of things. We have, you know, the Facebook group where people can connect. And I know you have one as well. And then our Design Biz Academy is our signature course experience. And we have three different grades. We call them grades. And elementary school is beginner graphic designers, like, you know, the oh, basics. And then high school is learn Adobe Illustrator, learn how to create logos, you know, all of that software skill set. And then our university level is the really, really advanced level for designers who are ready to take their business full time. They're ready to learn how to book high ticket clients. And we only open up that one every three months because we have, you know, group coaching calls. We have homework we give them. They have like a student handbook. They have a group chat. Like they get a real interactive coaching experience. So yeah, that's a little bit about that. That's pretty amazing. How did you make that like transition from, I guess, just a client-based business to educational and providing for designers? What made you make that transition? It just kind of happened naturally. And I just kind of tend to lean towards what is making me the happiest, what is fulfilling me the most. Let me go towards that direction. For such a long time, it was, you know, building Kinsey Green Design and building my own business and working with clients. And then we started the Brief Collective in 2021, and it was just a community. Like, we had no intention of turning it into a course. And then it was like, oh, we really like helping, you know, all of these designers and giving advice. Like, let's take things a step further. And we had our first semester, I think, in late 2021. And then from that, we learned, okay, what can we do to make it even better? How can we improve it? And then we branched out into having the three different grade levels. And now we even have a sorority in the university. Oh, no, I love that. I love the whole concept, how you've structured it being like a full on educational experience, like going to, you know, university and you've got your sorority. That is very creative of you guys. Like, I love that. And what would you find like, in terms of making a course and like, this is something that every creator could do, whatever industry you're in. You know, you could start out doing the work yourself, make having a business, and then you can end up teaching, especially with online. There's a lot of money to be made in teaching and educational content. How have you found like providing people what you know? Are you worried that you're giving everyone the answers and then like everyone's going to turn out to be many use? Are you ever worried yeah, about that? That's such a funny question. Um, but I think that the people who are truly like, I want to say wholesome and are where they need to be and know their full potential. Like I would definitely consider you to be one of those people and myself, which is why we just connect so easily. Like you're never worried about somebody else taking your place or mm. even if they were to copy me or steal my ideas, like I'm never worried that they're ever going to, you know, get to the same level as me because like I'm my own person and nobody can take that away. So I feel like in essence, there's really not ever any competition that needs to, you know, not have the answers or like gatekeeping. Like, I don't think that that needs to be a thing. I do think that it's worth, you know, people investing in others because it took, you know, me and my co-founder years of practice and skill to get to where we're at. But yeah, we want them to have all the tools necessary. Like there's billions of people in the world. There's more than enough design work that needs to be done. 
100%. And I love the idea as well as designers. It's so much more than just design, especially when you start a business where you go freelancing. You're not just designing, you're you know, doing the sales, you're doing the marketing, you're doing all the communication. So I think between all of us, we've all got different things to offer and you're never going to have someone that's like completely identical to you. Even if you teach them, they're going to be quite different. And I feel like your whole ethos is, as a designer as well as being very open and honest, which I just love. So going along the lines of being open and honest, is there a time that you really screwed up like with a client or with work? Because, you know, we all love to hear these little stories because it makes you feel human and, you know, like people at the top and people who do well do screw up. Oh, yes. So one time I had a client and our project was going great And she had originally came to me with like a one-off logo and she's like, I need a brand identity, but I also really want to keep this one-off logo. And I'm like, that's not really going to like, not really going to fly with me. Like that doesn't even really make sense because we're going to be creating a full brand new identity for you. And she was like, well, I'll like, you know, see what you create. And then if I want to just transition everything, including the old logo over to it, you know, we can do that. So then I like create this brand identity and she's like, oh my gosh, I love it. I want you to also change this one-off logo to match that. I don't want it anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, awesome. That's exactly what I expected to happen because it just makes sense. And I posted about it. I didn't tag her. I didn't say her name. I didn't say her business name. I basically just shared the fact that a client came to me thinking that they were going to want to keep this one-off logo. And I told them like, that doesn't really make sense strategically. You need a brand identity. And then after presenting the brand identity, they ended up agreeing. And for some reason, a little bit after I shared that post, the client messaged me completely furious. And she's like, you made me sound like an idiot and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I was just sharing the experience. I didn't even mention your name. Keep in mind, this is a client who is also in a beauty industry where she posts before and afters of her clients Mm. with your faces. So I was like, surely she won't mind me sharing about this experience when I don't even mention her name. Probably one of the scariest moments I've experienced because I was really afraid of what was going to happen. But I let her cool off. And then Mm. I was like, It sounds like, because she had said some really mean things, and I was like, it sounds like you're not happy with the project, and it sounds like we need to cancel this and discontinue working together because all I want is for my clients to be happy. I changed the caption on the post, blah, blah, blah. And then after she cooled off, she was like, no way. I want to keep working together. I'm sorry. I overreacted. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) And then did you keep working with her after that? She gave me a five-star review. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh wow. Oh no. I've definitely experienced a similar thing where I posted something in the past and the client wasn't ready to uh share it. So I've changed my um the way I do things in that sense and I always make sure to get permission because it's quite scary and you get this like your heart sinks a little bit when you get the message through and they want you to like pull it down or something. It's not nice feeling. So I can imagine that thought that you went through for a brief minute there. In the industry of like graphic design, what do you feel like more as a designer makes you stand out from everyone else? I'd say probably my perspective on things and the way that I present myself, the way that I share my voice and my thoughts and my experiences 
it's taken me years to kind of, you know, find a way that works for me. And now I finally have it and I kind of present myself in a lot of my videos and such in the same way. And I've really gotten good about being able to just share my personality. And I think that when you can get to that level, you're, you're golden because people also hire me for the simple fact that, yeah, they like my design work, but they also like my personality. And that's something that like nobody else again can like do. So for sure. And it's that whole idea of like putting yourself out there so people can have a relationship with you and like connect on more of a level other than graphic design, which is really key, especially when you're trying to build a business or a brand or even like as a freelance designer. That is one of the biggest things I think that people look past is the fact that you can actually make a difference in someone's life with what you say, your opinions, and they are valid. What do you feel like is something that people don't expect in the graphic design industry or owning a business even? Uh, the hat business owners a lot of times work more than the average nine to five person <laughs> from personal experience. I feel like people with a nine to five who have never really ventured into owning a business have no idea the commitment that it requires or the responsibilities. Because I mean, you know, if you have a regular job, you just show up, you do what you need to do and you get paid. But when you're working for yourself, you can show up and work all you want and still not even get paid. Like you are the one stop spot for everything. And I think a lot of people don't know that. And then they don't realize it until they start a business. And, you know, you have to really, really want it to be successful because of how many responsibilities it comes with. Completely. And I guess it's that whole idea around like, if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it. So like you are, if you fail, you are the reason why it kind of sunk ship you can't give up and you just got to keep going um no I completely agree with you there and as a designer where do you feel like you get all your inspiration from do you typically go to like Pinterest and Behance those would be my two faves but yeah I mean I love Pinterest but I also do pull from like my just life like my real world experience for example I had this client one time and she just she was kind of lost in the sense of direction she wanted to take. And I just really reviewed, you know, her goals and her story and what she wanted. And I started thinking about some things that my aunt had said and like some of the animals that she appreciated. And I ended up creating this like butterfly based design because of all of these different values that it stands for. And my client ended up loving it. So I try to make like connection points between like the overarching brand's goals and values with real life experiences. Yeah, which I love. And I think that's really a powerful way to design as well. And people kind of lose that connection. Do you do like in your process, like heaps of brainstorming in that side of things? You just start writing down all these ideas after you've done like a big call with them and learned about their business and their brand? So a lot of times I really get to know a lot about my clients during the discovery call and then I do send them over like a questionnaire, but then I also do my own research because, you know, clients, a lot of times, sometimes they don't even know what their brand values are. And you have to kind of like make the connection between what they said and like where they want to go to figure out their brand values and come up with that stuff for them. So after I get that information, sometimes I'll just know immediately like what I want to do for this client. And other times it takes a lot more like looking at Pinterest and like, getting different concept ideas like how could I make this design 
reflect the brand and like what type of symbols or icons could I try to incorporate? And so sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it requires a lot of exploration. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. I find that really fascinating, actually. Um, everyone's process is so different. And I love to enforce there's no process that's wrong um, because that was something that was almost taught at uni to us. I don't know if you were the same. They would kind of install like, don't go on Pinterest. It's not a good place to research. And it's like, if that's where you get inspired, why not? Like, why would you not go there? I think it's probably because if you aren't too careful, you can accidentally or subconsciously copy someone else. I know that I've made something and I, I recorded a whole YouTube video of it. I literally recorded the entire process, created this design. I was like, this is so cute. I posted it. And then people were like, this looks like so-and-so's work. And I was like, you're right. And then I had, I literally DM them. And like, we had a conversation. I was like, um, I accidentally copied you. So like, that is a thing that can happen, but I think it's rare too. Like if, if you're stuck on, okay, what type of different layouts or lockups can I try? Like Pinterest is a great place to like see what other people have done and how you can apply it to the brand you're working on in your own way. Mm, I completely agree. That's happened to me too, actually, when I found something that's really similar to mine. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is literally coincidental. But I think there's actually some like something behind that when you subconsciously see things and then you almost forget about them, but it's still kind of hidden in your brain somewhere. And once mm -hmm. again, you subconsciously create it and not realizing it, it's actually quite similar to something you've already seen in the past, but without meaning to do it. It was interesting. I heard this um, story about Ed Sheeran and obviously, you know, massive artists like that, they go through a lot of like copyright and there's songs that sound really similar. And he um, said a comment like there's definitely times where it's literally just coincidental and mm -hmm. we can't really do anything about it at that point. But I mean, it's so you cross, it's such a, the easy line to cross when you copy someone or like or accidental or if it's coincidental okay now that you bring that up we had someone in the brief collective facebook group i'm not going to share her information but i am going to share a basis of the story she created a logo for a client and the client went to trademark the logo and it got denied a trademark because there's already a trademark on a logo very similar to it and wow. now the client has like came back and asked for like four different concepts, like new concepts and the designer did them free of charge. And now the client's like, well, I'm still not happy and I need more. And this designer's like, I feel like I'm being taken advantage of blah, blah, blah. And then the client got a little snippy and was like, this is like a car dealership selling a stolen car. And I'm like, no, that's not the same thing at all. Like people can create something and there can coincidentally already be something out there in existence like that even if you never saw it like you can't accidentally create like there's just so many ideas like it's bound to happen so that is just a sticky situation that this topic reminded me of yeah do you know what she did how she got around it did she continue to work with that person uh she's still like this was just a few days ago I told her oh, wow. to reach out to another trademark lawyer that I know mm. and like, get her opinion on the situation yeah, no, I like that. If you're not sure, definitely reach out to the professionals because they know best. Do you ever doubt your work? Because I think that's a huge thing that people as creatives, whatever industry, struggle with in their early phases. And like, how do you deal with your doubting or like self-belief? I definitely create work that I'm like, I don't like this. Like, but I, I think everybody goes through that. And I think that 
at the end of the day, you just have to put your work out there, whether you think it's the best thing ever, or you think it looks like crap compared to other people's, like you just have to keep putting your work out there and keep creating because eventually through doing that, you're going to find your own unique style and you're going to find your creative confidence. Like you just got to keep creating no matter what. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think it's that realization that everyone does go through that struggle with self-belief at some point. Because I think at university, even you kind of feel like you're you're the only one and you see all these other amazing artists, especially with social media. You're like, wow, everyone's so good. There's so much out there. I'm the only one who must struggle with this. But it's just knowing that there's everyone. Everyone struggles with that. And it's a really tough thing to work through for sure. All right. And if there was something that people didn't know about you, what would that be? It could be design. It might be completely irrelevant. I'd love to know to get more to know about Kinsey. Okay. So a lot of people that already follow me probably know this, but if they're listeners of your podcast, they may not. I have 14 pet chickens and in my intro of the Unapologetic Designer podcast, my chicken is literally crowing. Like I brought him inside and he crowed into the mic and everything to record the intro. And I live in the country, so I have like terrible Wi-Fi, which is not ideal for a designer. But yeah, that's a little something. I love that. I knew you had chickens, but I didn't know you had 14. 14 is <laughs> a lot of chickens. I know. I, I started with seven and then they laid some eggs and then they had some chicks and I raised the chicks and then I hatched a chick myself in an incubator. So like it just spiraled out of control. They just kept having chicks. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I'm here for the chickens. I love chickens. used to own them as well myself. No, that is so great. If you, just before we play this little game that I like to end with, a couple of questions. What is next for Kenzie Green? Like what are your big goals for the future? Well, right now it's less client work and more the brief collective. And I'm not going to say too much, but more course expansion, more designer events. We just have so many ideas for the design community. And that's really what I foresee myself focusing on a lot in 2023, because I'm at the point now where I'm like, can I just finish up all this client work so I can just do TBC stuff? Like I don't even want to mess with the client work anymore. So that again, like just that pool is there. Mm. You've obviously got like a huge passion to like teach people and watch them grow, which I love as well. If you had to give one piece of advice to young designers, what would it be? Do not listen to anyone that is not where you want to go. One of the biggest problems that we have amongst our design students at the Brief Collective is that a lot of them have negative influences in their life that are telling them, you're charging too much. You're not going to make this work. You can't run a design business. You can't make a living freelance, like all of these negative things. And it's like, you cannot listen to those people. And furthermore, you need to avoid the topic of what you're doing with those people because you need supportive, encouraging people around you. And that's part of the reason we created that community is so like people who have the same aspirations and are supportive and encouraging can connect because when you're building a business or doing anything that is, you know, not the typical path in life, you need people who are going to uplift you, not bring you down. I love that. I've never actually heard anything like that before, but that is really powerful. Like take advice from the people who are where you want to be. That is so powerful. I completely agree with all that. 
Okay, finally, I've got this little uh, game that I like to play, and it's called a word association. Don't know if you've ever played associations before. Basically, it's where I just say a word, and then you say the first word that comes into your head. It's got to be the first word that comes into your head. Design. Apple. Copying. Fax. Photoshop. Printer. Canva. Ew. Podcasting. (laughs) Anchor. University. School. And TikTok. People. Love that. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being on You Made It, Kenzie. It's been an honor to have you on here. We'd love to do it again, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that you've, you know, been on my podcast twice. It was an awesome two episodes, and I'm so grateful to have now been on yours, and I wish your podcast much success. Thank you for listening to You Made It Where You Can Make It. Keep up to date on our Instagram, and I will see you guys for the next episode.